In this episode, we interview the wolf of advertising. Mr. Billy Jean is marketing. He's got over 100,000 students in 75 countries and 800 million people have seen his videos. He's an absolute legend and OG in the world of advertising. And in this episode, he talks about his process for creating rich ads. And it actually has nothing to do with ads. It's all about the offer and how to craft a winning offer and how you can guarantee and ensure your success. Plus, he talks about how to limit his losses on poor ads and how he thinks about managing the numbers and the data and the financials in his business every single day and how he responds to them. It's an amazing episode. I hope you enjoy. We, we really let the data dictate. So I'm, I'm very on uh commit like i'm not in a relationship with the way i do business i'm in a relationship with fucking winning and money and helping people you're listening to the rich ad poor ad podcast where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash these advertisers agencies affiliates brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend you'll hear about what's working for them today their rich ads and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads let's get into it Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ed Poor Ed Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with Mr. Dylan Carpenter. Dylan, are you excited? Uh, that's an understatement, man. I'm freaking amped for this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we, have, we have a legend today. It is the one and only Mr. Billy Jean. Billy Jean is marketing, man. The, yeah. the wolf of advertising. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you here, man. Hey, honestly, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. And by the way, I just love the name of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was inspired by you, dude. I was like, the wolf of advertising was just so, so legendary. No, the for it, you know, I love that. Oh yeah, well, I'm just saying it was inspired by by you. You made that move first. Um, I was like thinking for months on how we could pull that off. But dude, if if, if anybody's listening to this podcast and they don't know who Billy Jean is, just just stop listening. Um, but, keep, keep, keep listening, but also start following Billy Jean's way. <laughs> you, you, you've been sleeping under a rock, man, because you're all over the place. You've, uh, I mean, gosh, you got over 100,000 students now. You're in 75 countries. You were just telling me you've got, what, how, how many times have your video has been seen? Like 800 yeah, million? Oh, yeah, over 800 million. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's almost as many downloads as we get on this podcast. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, man. I, I, I'm, I'm pumped to have you on. And um, you know, it's I interesting would, with those views, though, like because it's they're always targeted, right, at entrepreneurs or people have an entrepreneur space. So, like, my world is really funny. Like, if I'm outside and I'm any in any place that has like entrepreneurs in it or something like that, like someone will recognize me in a second. But like, if it's outside the entrepreneur world. I'm just like, who the fuck is that guy? And so it's perfect blend where I still get my life. But if I go into the realm, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. That's cool. I love it. I love it, dude. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit like what's new with you. Like, what do you, what do you got going on right now that, that you're excited about? And um, yeah. you're most known for, for your, for your advertisements that you rolled out like a couple of years ago, but uh, I feel like you've been like super focused this year. And yeah. so what, what have you been yeah. working on? Honestly, you know, for me on the professional side, it's our virtual experience to our students. 
you know, we, we have a studio here in downtown San Diego and we spent a million bucks renovating our office and, um, and just to deliver an incredible experience. Like when people come to our calls, it is immersive. Like everyone's got their zoom cameras on it's scored with music and all that. And we got like seven different cameras and we do breakout rooms for people to like practice. So like, you know, just think about any webinar you go to, right? Usually you just sit there, everyone's muted. You can't see anybody. And someone's just talking to present. You come here. We're like, hello. We say, hi, there's a tech test before, you know, and, and Tony Robbins really with UPW really led the way with that. Him and Dean shout out to them. Um, and I was like, yo, we're going, we're going, we gonna we gonna do that and, and put it the business application to it, right? Because they're in personal development. But it's like, when's the last? So we'll, we'll do an exercise like, hey, let's practice writing headlines or something, and then you'll go into a breakout room with twenty other entrepreneurs and practice together and get to share. Just nobody does that, you know. Mm -hmm. We do it at the most affordable places in the world, and that's important to mm -hmm. me, you know, because that's that's the impact, that's the reach, you know. Like I think it's so funny is because sometimes we level up. And people are like, well, only focus on like high ticket and only find people who can like really afford those services. And I'm like, nah, that's not how I started. Like, let me let me give tools to the people who can afford it. Like, mm -hmm. that's actually the game. The people who wouldn't. So I always say, like, let's deliver a Harvard type of, you know, uh, education level, but do it to ways that, you know, 30 bucks, like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Like and and also, too, it's where you create raving fans. The, they, they're like, I paid for, like my favorite thing is someone just goes like, man, I feel like I stole from you. That's my favorite thing anybody can say. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, I just get so much value and you're only charging this. I'm like, that's the fucking point. That's yeah. how you build brand. And you know, so to me, that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. There. Well, first off, there's nobody else I know. There, actually, there's one guy I know that spent a million dollars on a studio. And it was actually where I started in marketing over like 10 years ago. It's this cool. guy named Mike, Mike Keenigs, who yeah. uh, used to have this business called Traffic Geyser. And um, he did like this, you know, eight figure launch. And like he spent, he's like, all right, I got enough money just to go crazy, you know, <laughs> with his with his studio. And yeah. it was, most people would be like, see that as like a liability or like why you're like over investing but there is so much money mike has made off of bringing people into that studio including his oh, own yeah. clients we, we, made, we made our money back we made our money back in the first six months we wow, literally just threw, like, threw, threw an event like virtual event like tickets and did it right away it, it was like the easiest return on investment like you know People got but realized, that was a big like, gamble, though, for you, right? Like, I didn't, when did so you say, like, oh, I have was, the balls. I have no, the balls to, like, throw down a million dollars. I, I mean, it honestly didn't require any balls, to be real with you. But let, let me explain why. Is we already had a massive student – not massive, but we had, a, we had a large student base online. And when I asked them, hey, would you guys like us to create a hub where you can also come in person too? They all said yes. So – how ballsy was it when I already had people who were asking to pay me the money for whatever. And I'm like, okay, here it is. So, you know, that's why it is. And then also too, like I view content, you know, props, things of that nature, just like most people view real estate, you know, people I'm investing to real estate. My, the property value will go up in X amount of years. I'll flip it. You know, it's, it's, it's a forced savings account, however you want to, you know, quantify it, qualify, whatever. And to me, like, that's what a video is. Except the difference is I don't got to go through fucking escrow. It doesn't take me a whole bunch of money. I can literally make a video, put it some places, and it can sell for me 24-7, and it brings me cash. How is that not an asset with a lot less risk? 
So like to me, you know, those plays, people outside looking in, they're like, yeah, does it take risk balls? I'm like, no, it was really logical to me, you know, and, mm. uh, and every single investment that I've made into content, um, mm. has, has been a killer return. Even my douchebag Lamborghini, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or my Ferrari, Bentley, all that shit. We get returns on all that stuff. I just put it in an ad. It, it, it increases the click through rate, which brings my cost down which makes my cost per sale cheaper and it literally pays for itself in months and yeah. months. So, you know, it's a different way of doing things, but it's effective. I love it, dude. So we were talking right before this and you, I was asked, we were telling you the format of the show. I was like, the first thing we talk about rich ads and I love it when, when people come on the show and like their, their kind of knee jerk instant reaction of like what their what their response is and why mm -hmm. that's their answer. And you immediately said, well, it's all about the offer. And, and it was it, it's not even about the ad. Like we're yeah. we're like, hey, this, we're talking about ads today. And you're like, nope, about the yeah. offer. Yeah. And and that makes a ton of sense coming from a guy that like I don't know of a single other person that pushes out more offers than you. <laughs> I don't know how many I don't know how many domains you have. Like so, it's they're we all have, like, we have so many domains. But you, you know what it is is all of it. So you see a lot of front end stuff, but all of it leads to the same back end that we've been doing for six years, which is weekly calls on how to get more customers. So yeah. it's, it's the front end, right? And this is actually the thing I struggled with. My background was doing lead generation for franchises, right? That's how I got good at this stuff and, and, and started to master it. Um, and I still have a lot to learn. You know, I, I still got miles to go. I can't wait to see where I'm at in a decade because I still feel like a crazy student, you know? Um, but what I realized is when we, let's say we, I'm running a campaign for a really large gym franchise or something like that. A campaign would start off, we get high volume and the, and the cost would be low. And then over time it starts to creep. And when that happens, people, they, they well, let's show it to different people. Let's change the colors, blah, 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 blah. You can do all those things and you get like a little minutia change, but you mm -hmm. want to fucking blow it up, change the offer. And that's why I started to get really frustrated dealing with franchises because as you started working with bigger franchises, the more corporate they are. And when you're dealing with corporate, you know, they're like, this is our offer mm -hmm. for a year. And we're going to stick with it no matter what. And they're going to lose. They're going to mm -hmm. lose. You, it doesn't work like that. You, you don't dictate your corporation. Like the market dictates how that works, not you. And mm -hmm. so I used to get in arguments like, yo, y'all need to change the fucking offer. They've seen your one week offer for fucking forever. And I'm like, look at the most successful companies in the world. Let's look at the most successful franchises in the world. Subway, which is the biggest. And I think McDonald's is behind it. Um, and what do they do? Five, five dollar foot long McDonald's, McRib, McFlurry, uh, uh, come here, play Monopoly, uh, two fries, 29 cent cheeseburgers. But you get there and it's always the same thing. It's the same fucking, you know what I mean? They put a little fancy on it to offer you something, to give you something new because new is a powerful word in marketing. But then when you get there, it's the same process. You know, do you want fries with that? Would you like a shake? You know, would you upgrade to supersize? Like, so it doesn't change, you know what I mean? Like, so McDonald's is such a great example of that. It's like, you're like, McDonald's is always McDonald's, but yet they're always offering new things. Huh. So what's your process? What's your process for making a, a, a great offer? We, we basically spent about 20 minutes before this and, and, you know, you just came up with like offer after offer. You have this yeah. ability to just kind of cut through the bullshit. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, yeah, I start with the impossible. And what I mean by that is the best offers are always things that make you go, well, how the fuck can we do that? <laughs> like, think about an offer like, hey, what if we can, what if everybody that came into uh, the store, we gave a brand new Lamborghini to? 
mm-hmm. like would that not crush no matter what i was selling <laughs> would that not crush hey with your purchase of this pack of gum here's a brand new lamborghini like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, there's a waiting line, right? I'd have a line to fucking sit here from San Diego to Los Angeles. It would work, right? So instead of trying to figure out my time of what's the offer, I make up something ridiculous and say, well, how could we make it happen? Switch it. Because that's where creativity mm. is crushed. Creativity is crushed into trying to figure it out. That's where you lose. So uh, I spend a lot of time with my team is like, stop saying can't, stop saying I don't know, like just what would actually make them come and get them excited then it's our job to figure out how can we deliver that impossible? And, and yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about your funnels too, for a second, because your offers, it's like, it's always a crazy URL. (laughs) And then it is. Well, it's easy to remember URL also. That's the biggest Yes. Easy, easy to remember URL. It's always like, not like a super long form sales page. It's just like a, you know, medium sales page. Mm Mm-hmm not like a ton of VSLs like on them for the most part as of, you know, as, as of late. So I feel like you, you, in the last couple of years, I've seen you go from like crazy VSLs, like crazy videos to just be like, what's the offer? What's the domain? Here's the page. And like, let's go. And I don't know. I'm just curious how that's evolved for you. Is that a fair, accurate depiction of how you've evolved in terms of creating your offers? Parts, parts of it. You know, we, we really let the data dictate. So I'm I'm very on uh, committed. Like I'm not in a relationship with the way I do business. I'm in a relationship with fucking winning and money and helping people. So you know when I realized that, I realized the amount of pivots I need to come with that. The reason why people don't see a ton of VSLs with us because when I write a VSL, we usually end up using it for like a year. So you know we got over thirty thousand members on our membership site with one single VSL that we ran for like a year and a half. You know, um, uh, another one I just recently did, you know, we, we launched this whole thing. Um, if I had, if I lost it all, what would I do? Here's my 30 day business plan. You know, we got 25,000 students in that in a, in a handful of months, um, with a VSL. So VSL is actually my whole thing. Even like last week, I just shot a new VSL. It's fucking fire to bring up our, our new membership for the GA, you know, that does take time, like, you know, thinking. So the thing is, is the sales mechanism is the hardest part of the equation. A lot of time it takes the most time. There's the most variables, et cetera. So when I have a sales mechanism that works, I try not to touch it. Ads are easy. I can shoot, I can take on my phone and shoot an ad right now and throw it up. And you know what I mean? I can strike out, right? You know, our, our, our process is not about um, uh, 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 doing this and that. It's about speed. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we have in-house, you know, five media people to bang mm-hmm. out videos, et cetera. That's why I have uh, five people on my marketing team that are in charge of direct response advertising for the Billy Genius marketing brand. So that's 10 people in total. So, you know, most people's rotation or process looks like this. What should we sell? They spend three days arguing about that. And then they go, okay, well, how should we sell it? Well, is it Facebook, Instagram? They spend another three days, week goes by. Then they say, okay, well, let's uh, let's do this. Okay, well, how are we going to film it? Da, da, da. They plan it out. Da, da. Another fucking week goes by. And then mm-hmm. they finally test it two and a half weeks later, and then it doesn't work. And they get discouraged because so much energy, time, and resources came into it. And then they say, fuck it. And then they don't want to do something. And the next thing, the thing that happens, though, that triggers all this is uh, expenses come. Every 30 days, expenses come. So as the owners and decision makers, we start to get frantic. Well, I need to do something different. The ad stuff doesn't work and we get discouraged, et cetera. Now take our process. You know, most people take weeks, months to test one thing. For us, we'll years. Test, we'll te- years, yeah, years. We'll test an ad daily. Hey, I'll test an ad. I just test, I just made one like two days ago. We tested it, it sucked. We spent a few hundred bucks on it, scrapped, move on. 
So think about it. I can take 30 shots before somebody takes one. How mm. can you compete? It's just math, you know? And one of those will hit, you know what I mean? And, and but a lot of people realize we strike out a lot. I actually, my last two ads, I just did sucked. Um, and I feel like it's a perfect segue to poor ads here because <laughs> I mean, like, I love just to recap, like Rich ad is just like, start with the offer. Let me, let me throw in this too. The, the other thing is for, for everybody listening, it's like a good ad lasts for so long. That's the other part. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't mind like taking the shots and creating that rhythm because when it lands and when it works, you can use it for years. I use, mm -hmm. I use some ads for years and cycle them back because a winner is a winner. It's a message. What's so what's the winner for you that you're still using right now? This this beach house ad. I was like, we rented out this <laughs> beach house for Fourth of July, and honestly, the only purpose was just to get drunk and have fun with my friends. And and Paul, our, our media guy, was like, Bill, you should just shoot an ad. And I was hammered. I'm like, bro, I ain't shooting no more fucking ad right now. Like, I don't really feel like it. Um, but I did, and I literally, it was like one of those. I think it was like one or two takes, like 30 minutes. I'm like, Paul, like, stop like i'm done with this bullshit and it fucking crushed you know dollar leads on you know facebook youtube and led to sales and and, and a whole bunch of members and whatnot um, how much do you think you put how much media how much do you spend behind that one ad oh now uh, oh god um I don't, we probably yeah. spent a million bucks on it at least cool. um awesome at least um and it and yeah it just it just worked right it worked and it it, it was good the message was good you know um, it was so it was so separate from like everything you were doing before, right? It was like high production, like this the one I'm talking about. The, yeah, the one you were in a beach house. You're on like this little b whiteboard, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is so not like Billy Jean, yeah. like no, crazy production. Yeah, it was just but the message. The message like was was on on point, right? The message and the offer. That's it. That's mm -hmm. what you know, it does. And I see students do it all the time, right? Because the hard part with when I teach ads and people see our ads is they think they have to do what I do. And I'm like, mm. absolutely not. Like, it doesn't even work for it. people wouldn't even like it. You know, people don't like, you know, like this, don't, don't do that. Mm. And, um, you know, but I have students like in their own little way that they shoot the video. Some people read their lines in the video and it still crushes. Shout out to Brooke, you know, my Brooke was a student who been with us for years. And, uh, we went through a script together in one of our sessions. I was like, yo, just, just shoot it. And she literally reads the whole thing, you know, on camera. Right. And I'm like, fuck it. Who cares? Put it out, whatever. And it worked. And she's, she crushed it. Like, Again, it's like when the message lands and also too, some people appreciate that people love to know that like, yo, like mm. this is just a human being in front of me, like putting the word out for the business. You know, you see how people rally around supporting small businesses, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a thing. So, you know, it's the message in the offer. So that's the, that's, that's the so only game. All right, Billy, I want to know you're not perfect, man. I want to talk about a poor ad, but I want to talk <laughs> about a poor ad send you to the poor house, right? <laughs> because... Because it's easy to talk about a poor ad that you spent a hundred bucks on, right? And, and you're very disciplined in that front and my hat's off to you. But like, tell me a time where you went in a little bit over your skis and you kind of strayed from this, this approach and, and no. you were less disciplined and you, and you kind of paid for it. Never. <laughs> and, and, but, but not, not again, but listen, no. it's not, be, it's not because like I'm so cool. They're so disciplined. It's because you just watch the numbers. It's like, yeah. like I, I got a question. If you spend a dollar and every time you spend a dollar, you lose 75 cents. How much do you have to spend before you stop doing it? 
like if you spend a dollar and you're losing money like you don't have to like what the fuck you want me to do just keep spending to lose more money right mm-hmm. and i just i just know a truth about advertising if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't that's what people don't get because they go through that cycle well it took me so long to make this ad so they try and force it to work but not because they think it should work because they just are mad at themselves for putting so much into it so now it's like well i'm gonna get my money out of this because i did it that's ego mm-hmm. so I, I, I just, you know, so yeah. no, I don't have any like crazy losses because it sucks now time. Right. Like, yeah, I may like get too fancy and we may do some funny shit and like, you know, highly produce some things and before testing it, but also too, I use my Instagram a lot. Like my Instagram to me is just like a playing field where I can test if something's going to work. So like, for example, I'll sit in a marketing team and we're like, Oh, that's a good offer. I'll, I'll take my camera out. You can scroll through my Instagram. You'll see it. And I'm like, Hey guys, if I created a book that teaches you this, this, and this, would you want to comment below? And then no exaggeration within the first three minutes of the response, how many comments I get, I will know if I'll make an ad out of that or not. And if I see it popping like, oh shit, then we'll literally go big. Hey, let's build an entire ad of this. So, you know, any, that's why I love advertising. It's just like the safest gamble ever. Like people are like, would you go to the casino and just put a hundred grand on hand? People are like, hell no, because you can lose it in a second. But if you spend a hundred grand in ads, do you realize how many decisions you would have to make to continue to lose that money? You would literally have to sit there and refresh your account and be like, yeah, I'm down a grand. I'm gonna keep losing money on 1100, 1200, you know, 12. You would have to make, you would have to literally say, I'm okay losing money like a thousand times, real number. Yeah. It's irresponsible, you know, but again, people do it not, a, they, they're just unfamiliar with the process. You know, they're groomed from, you know, uh, the radio and television era where a sales rep tells you, hey, it's going to be 20,000 bucks for uh, three months and there's nothing I can do with your money stuck or a quarter million bucks or a million bucks for three months and you just have to play it out. They poisoned, they poisoned the air. This is what yeah. I see on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, it gets engaged. People like it. So I am forced to do it. The data dictates All right. again. The, ne- the next offer. The next offer. Is the data dictates again, you know? In- like. Instagram today, only fans tomorrow. <laughs> hey, if that's what the people want, you know, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, uh, so for those people that can't see, I'm basically pointing out to Billy. You know, he was just saying he, he he tests offers, but I only see like a dozen of you like getting ripped here. Which is, <laughs> but even that, that's, that's so I'll give you a great example. Like, you yeah. know, the progression was like for everyone. Like I, for my twenties, I was like extremely in shape, and then I just got lazy as fuck. And I got really fat, and then I was like, I'm not gonna be fat anymore. Let me get like really in shape again. So like posting pictures, et cetera, and people just engage in them like crazy, and I'm like. All right, cool. That's what people want. So I turned one of those into a story ad, and now it's an ad that we're running right now to go watch a VSL. Man, oh the my gosh. That. You know what I mean? Like, so, so the recap like, of your point has nothing to do with me. Like, you, here's the funny thing. I don't, I don't even like social media. This is what people don't realize. I'm, I'm truly a direct response advertiser and a salesperson. Social media and posting shit, I can't stand. Like, I literally can't stand it. Like, you know, I'm not out there fucking, you know, sharing memes and shit. Like, I just post, like, what's easy. Like, I work with my, I work out with my trainer every day at 2.30. So if you see a, a surge in fitness ones, it's because, one, it gets engaged on, and two, it takes me two seconds to do it because we're already working out. And I just mm. don't want to, I don't even want to do it, you know? And, like, with my ads, right, like, I can film something once and then I can make it live for years and I never have to do it again social it's like god damn it i update you my life what i'm eating i hate that shit i want to chill at home with my daughter with my girl you know eat dinner 
and like play video games you know shout out to among us if anybody plays it This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out AdCard. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. I love it, dude. Like it's uh, Billy has no losses. You, you heard it here first. No, no, wait, um, no, no. no hold on, hold on. So don't get it twisted. We've had losses, and you know you have bad months as a company and stuff. Where like what happens is you go through that rhythm, right? You test an ad, it doesn't work. You test an ad, it doesn't work, and now you're like two and a half weeks in. You realize fucking sales have halted, and now you, you know you hit your email, right? Like so, hold on. I lose all of the time. I lose, but in regards to like in ad that bombed, like nah, like not. I don't know, Paul. What do you think? Like I don't know if there's any. Like we don't. I don't know, yeah. nothing like that. That's awesome. Well, I'll give, I'll give you a great example too. It's like, you know, you can solve anything with creativity. So take billboards, for example, right? We got like four billboards in San Diego one time. It was like 36 grand and like put our picture up there and shit and had a fun call to action. And it led to an automated over uh, ever webinar. And it went okay. Um, but it wasn't like phenomenal. Like we, we lost a little bit. That was me sticking my neck out though. Cause you commit to the billboards regardless of what happens. And I was okay with that. I, I literally put it out with the expectation mentally of like, Oh yeah, I just burned 36 grand doing some stupid shit. But then it's like, you do it and you're like, I don't want to burn 36 grand. That's stupid. So what do I do? We, we rented a helicopter. <laughs> this is true. This is ridiculous. As I said it loud, we rented a helicopter and and had and, and fucking took a bunch of bungee ropes. Paul had a camera shooting out. We actually got two helicopters, didn't we? Yeah. We got two helicopters. Me and my CMO were in one. We got another helicopter that Paul was in filming to chase us in a camera. And all we did was fly over all of the billboards so you could see them in the city. So that because the billboard only gave me three weeks. So if we filmed the billboards, now we can make those billboards last forever. Yeah. That's how you get an RI. So you, I know, love when, it. you, know, you know when the billboards got popping when I posted on social media that I have a billboard. like you know what i mean so it's like you can get out of anything with creativity you know what i mean and resourcefulness so that's awesome man i love it so let's dive into this next section where we're really bridging the world of advertising and finance together right we're this the enemy of this show is uh what we call marketer math we're rounding up to the nearest million and um and uh sharing a lot of a lot of gross numbers but we also want to uncover really how you look about you know managing the cash in your business how you look at you know driving revenue growth um and how that really plays out operationally we've had people on here talk about you know their mindset on things they've had, you know people talk about here you know how they'll just like never leverage like credit or investors or anything like that before but what are some of the guiding principles 
you know, for you as you think about like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, managing well, the cash flow of the business? Well, a couple of things, you know, my background is, I mean, my parents both grew up on welfare. So there was no like, you know, talk about like funding or venture or capital or stock, a bond, you know, like there was none of that shit. You know, when I went to the University of San Diego, that was the first time I heard anybody talk about any of those things. And it intimidated the hell out of me. And I, I had no, I literally had no clue what any of that meant. Like, and when I say no clue, like literally imagine hearing something for the first time and, and note, by the way, this isn't about white, black, et cetera. But when people are, are mentioning the word privilege, a lot of people don't like that word. That's what they're talking about. It's a privilege to even know those things exist. And people don't realize that that's the privilege. Like my daughter being black, my daughter is going to grow up extremely privileged. She will be a black girl that's privileged as fuck just because I'm her dad. You know, you know, she's going to know that other motherfuckers don't know. Right. And again, it's just why I'm passionate about like hooking people Mm. up and educating people, you know, and doing it in an affordable way. But anyways, I digress. Um, So my whole thing at an early age was money was simple to me, which was, is it there or is it not? There, there was no like, uh, well, let's get this, uh, you know, nice cush funding round where we can sit on a couple mil and have time to figure it out. It was, hey, I ain't got no money in the bank, so we need to go make some sales. And I still live by that guiding principle. Granted, more sophisticated approach now. There's other things I do, but it is I obsess about the money that is coming into my account um, as a whole, as a company, et cetera. I have an assistant, I have two assistants, but one works specifically with finances. And she sends me a report every single morning, a text message where I can see how much money is in every single account and what we are plus or minus for the month relative to that day. And if I notice we had five days of not hitting the goal of what we want to be at, then I will call an audible and do a promotion or something to get it. Like I literally let that number guide my mm. actions to make sure I'm always following the data, mm. you know? Um, so that's one way that I kind of I want to highlight that. Yeah. I want to highlight that for a second. <clears throat> if you're not hitting your growth numbers or your, your, the revenue targets, not like the minimums, right? right like the growth right. targets. Hey, hold on. I'm glad you picked up on that. Cause so many people, at least in the beginning stages, right? If you're early in the beginning stages, that's the psychology is I, well, if I just make three G's, then I could pay for this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And then you realize when you're doing your thing, it's, we don't even talk about, I man, I ain't talking about no minimum. I'm, mm-hmm. It is, yo, what, where we need to be, right? Like when you, you know, so. And then the second is, the, the bells are ringing if you're not on there within five days, meaning you're taking immediate action yeah. to get that back on target, which means you are absolutely incredibly nimble and responsive to that number, Yeah, uh, which is like the way it should be, right? That's <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a, you, yeah, it's nimble is kind of our thing. And it's, you know, also too, like I mentioned five days, but even like a day, if I see a day of like down you know, we can anticipate, you do something long enough, you can anticipate like what's going to bring in sales and what's not, right? Like pipeline. Pipeline is fundamental in any business. Every business mm-hmm. knows when they're going to have a big week. Like there's no, like motherfuckers don't just, sometimes I do, but almost very rarely people just fall out the sky and all of a sudden sales are good. You know when you're going to have a shitty day, 
right? Like if my recurring's low, my accounts receivables are low, we don't have any ads that are promising, et cetera. My sales team, I got, you know, three guys who are off on vacation. There's no, you know, holidays coming up. So this team is out too. You know, it's, you know, it's amazing as entrepreneurs, how many times we pretend money is a mystery. It's never a mystery. It's always right in front of our eyes. And, you know, the, my favorite quote is right. You know, like the amount of offer, the money, the amount of money you make is directly correlated with the amount of offers that you make. But I ask people all the time, like they tell me they're in a slump. I say, Hey, how many people did you ask to buy? You know, I have many yeah. sales the last week. Cool. How many people did you ask to buy during that time? Well, I didn't ask yeah. any because I was shut up. The end. Mm. The end. It's always the answer out of a cash crunch. Ask people to buy. And then you work backwards. Okay, well, how do I, you know, who do I ask to buy? All right, well, how do I get those people in front of us? Well, that's called marketing, right? And advertising. And when I got them in front of me, what do I say? Okay, and what do I charge them? And how do I collect the money? Cool, marketing and sales, great. If you figure those two out, then you can figure mm -hmm. out the rest of the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can hire other people to help you figure out the rest of stuff, but you got to be able to make the engine go. You know? Now, out of curiosity, whenever you get these kind of morning texts, you know, with the growth decline, have you been noticing a lot more fluctuations this year with kind of code or people are maybe yeah, great question. Yes. So what happened in March, um, when the shit first started going on with, you know, uh, pandemic corona, all that, uh, the uncertainty really did create uh, a drop in conversion sales, et cetera. And what I mean by uncertainty is now people we make a joke about Corona, like, Oh, it's whatever. The world is fine. We're going to continue. That's about a, I don't know, a million times more confident than March. Yeah. When literally, I mean, me and my girl, we had our refrigerator, uh, a pack because we were like, are we going to be able to get into the grocery store? Remember that? Like this was, this was real. People like forget, like this was a real thing during that time. The uncertainty did. And what happened is in 2019, our message was really focused on scaling, right? Hey, you want to grow, you want to scale, da, 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 da. So all of our ads and our promotions and our communication with our customers was about scaling. But in March, was anybody thinking about scaling? Nah, they were thinking about surviving. Right? So then Yes. And the morning text, I see the numbers declining. I see from a marketing standpoint, because I get my, you know, executive summary every day with each department. You know, I, I see like uh, we're getting less leads on the sales team. We're closing less and there's more payment plans. I'm seeing all the numbers, right? The numbers are dictating. So I say to myself, okay, we need to pivot. And I said, you know, there's still a truth here. Regardless of what happens with the economy, people still need to make their business go. Matter of fact, I would argue they need to make it more. But why aren't we landing? Because that's what we do is we help people customers. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's the way we're saying it. So I was like, all right, what are people really thinking right now? And that's the question to ask yourself. If you go in your customer's head, what will you hear? And what I heard was this is how am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? Job employment was on all time high. How am I da, da, da? So I said, okay, if I lost it all and I had 24 and I had 30 days to get it back, if I had no resources, no team, no credibility, and I had to start, I didn't even know what to sell. Here's exactly what I would do. And then I put that on Instagram. You can probably scroll back and find it. And I was like, hey, if, this, if I did this, is, would this be interesting to anybody to, to chop up or talk about or something like that? I put something up. And I think the response was, was crazy good. And so then we, um, I said, fuck it. I'm going to do it with you guys. 30 days. I'm going to bring in a group of people who wants to do it with me. And then we, we, we put it out to the people. And I think we brought in like in a few days or a week or something like a half a million bucks, just like that, of people who wanted to do it. And we knew it was popping. And then from there, we continued to push it. And like I said, since then, you know, uh, you know, 25, 30,000 people, something like that have taken us up on that. And, and here's the thing, as we've seen in the climate, that message isn't going anywhere. 
right? So that mm-hmm. will be something that we push probably for the next six months foreseeable. Um, but again, maybe, maybe a year. That's, that's how long the conversation may be relevant. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, um, and then, and guess what? When it goes back to the conversation of growth, then we'll switch our message again because that's mm-hmm. the game, you know? So if you were to simplify your business, <clears throat> right? Let's just subtract like all the fancy yeah. memorable domains and all the front end offers. Obviously advertising is a big boulder. Sales is a big boulder, but like what is the core offer of Billy Jean is marketing? We teach small business owners how to get customers using paid advertisements period that's it mm-hmm. that's all we do and it, we don't we don't go away from that it's you know we 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 have a live call every tuesday where we walk people through it we have a platform and resources to help them do that one thing and then you can purchase additional support if you want to be more hands-on and that's it and now i was saying is that's the that is as a as a ceo and the leader of the organization that is the discipline that I try and put on us to not shy away from that. Cause every time I've shied away and did too much, et cetera, everything always goes to shit. We always take steps backwards when we pull our head, you know, and I've just talked to myself mm-hmm. so many times about it. It's like, it's, it's forever. People will need it in a growth economy. They want to go bigger when things are mm-hmm. pulling back. They need to survive. There's no time where getting customers is going to be played out. And it's also the most to me in my perspective it's like a blank spot in entrepreneurship. Like, just think about it when you're in college or like business school, you learn about so much mergers and acquisitions, you know, uh, corporate mm-hmm. finance and, um, you know, or, or marketing where they call it price product promotion and, uh, <laughs> and structural, you know, organizational behavior and all the, you learn all this shit. But what about the course that says, get a fucking customer, bitch? like where where was that course at like it's weird it's almost weird right but then you realize it's not that weird Mm -hmm. when they model everything off of fortune 1000 companies and then they try and dissect Mm -hmm. that and talk about that's how i build a business when 95 percent of the businesses that has nothing to do with and they'll never see that type of uh structure there's no (laughs) get a customer bitch 101 (laughs) yeah like yeah you know and that and then sales like that's it. And so really, dude, you crushed this, man. I thank Thanks. you so much for talking about like all this stuff and how you think about running the business. This has been like absolutely gold. Uh, tell everybody how we can support you and, uh, and what you got. Follow, follow, follow me on Instagram so you can see my reluctant post and like, like you, like people are always like, yo, engage with everybody who comments, everybody go look at my engagement on my last thousand posts. I don't engage with shit. <laughs> I don't I don't check my DMs. I don't engage with shit. If I see like homies, like people I know know, like in real life, like I may like like their stuff. Like I'm the worst at social media. Um, but like, yeah, follow me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. I'm following well, I'll, you. I'll, at Billy Gina's marketing. That's right. I'll I'll pixel I'll pixel you or, or retarget you somewhere online in the space <laughs> and, and have you buy our shit at some point, I promise you. i've been chasing some people for eight years and you know they're they're like i finally got in after all this time you're good i'm like obviously i'm not that good it took me eight fucking years to get you (laughs) i missed something you know that's amazing man well this has been an amazing episode thank you so much there you follow billy jean on instagram you're billy jean is marketing i love it i love it awesome thank you so much billy thank y'all i'll Oh, 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 oh,
Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funneldash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoorad.com. To leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.